This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! And welcome to another episode of I Am Gotham. I'm Mark Freddy, and uh, we're going to be talking about some detective comics today. But first, I wanted to have a brief, brief, brief discussion about some of these uh, new prestige format series that are coming from DC uh, related to Batman. There's a couple that have been announced. I don't even know when they're coming out. November, I think, is when all these start. But I think it's a really interesting move. I think we've talked in a few other podcasts about how uh, a lot of comic publishers feel like maybe the book market is the future for them. And I find it really interesting that DC is choosing to do these stories with Batman, who is already selling a ton of books in the floppy market, the the newsstand market. But now we're going to be getting some really, really cool graphic novels uh, to go along with it. And some are being published as a mini and then collected. But, you know, ultimately, they're being collected, and that's what's important to them. And then there's one that I came upon that is being released directly as a graphic novel in two parts, which I find that really, really interesting. So I want to talk about those really, really briefly before we get into the books for tonight. So the first one that was announced is Sean Murphy's uh, Batman White Knight. I think that's going to be awesome. I love Sean Murphy. I know he's kind of divisive for some people. I really like what he does. It's like a it's like a switcheroo between Batman and the Joker, right? So Joker is the Batman and Batman's the Joker. I don't know, whatever. It sounds awesome. The art looks great. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really really interested to see what the deal is with Creature of the Night. And that's uh, written by Kurt Busiek, which, for those of you that follow with the stuff that I'm reading, Astro City right now is, like, top of my pull list, top five. And I just love, love that book. Um, It's kind of funny, actually. I was talking to Paul last night. We recorded our first uh, Patreon-exclusive episode for the Valiant Central Patreon. And um, we talked about Astro City a little bit in one of the the recordings. We We did two. Uh, the second one was a Batman one, so that will end up being in the I Am Gotham feed, uh, but probably not for uh, two to four weeks, I would say. Um, anyways, so I brought up Karbizic, and it's really weird how, I, I mean, I was reading Astro City in 95 when it came out, and I loved that book. And then they had scheduling problems, and I called my pull list a little bit. Because uh, I think that was like a two ninety nine book or a three fifty book, and I mean it was worth it. But ninety five, I would have been what was I ninety five in high school? I must have been a freshman in high school. So it was right before I started to maybe not read very many comics at all, as is usual for uh, kids going to high school. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that I'm reading it again, and it's so weird to see the progression, because back then I just, I enjoyed it, I really dug it, I like the stories, but now, especially doing this podcast, I'm so into, like, Golden Age stuff right now, and I think Astro City does that so amazingly well, you know, telling Golden Age-type stories with modern sensibilities, and I think that's just fascinating. Anyway, so Kurt Busiek, and uh, the art is going to be John Paul Leon, 
who's doing Mother Panic over at Young Animals Imprint. And if you're not reading Mother Panic, you should check that out. It's uh, it's Jody Hauser, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I really like this fresh take on Gotham City. So I suggest you check that out. John Polian's art is freaking awesome, and uh, I'm super stoked for this book. It doesn't appear to star Batman. It's uh, so so a lot of times we see how Batman inspired other people and heroes. This book apparently is about how Bruce Wayne inspired a particular person. And it centers around this little kid in 1968 Boston who his parents are murdered much like Bruce Wayne's. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities between their backgrounds growing up. And that's an exploration of that uh, until all of a sudden, apparently, the Batman appears. Uh, I'm I'm really really curious how this is going to go. I, I love Kurt Busiek, so we'll see, we'll see. But I'm excited for it, and uh, that's going to be a four issue mini coming out in November. The one that I just recently found out about, and I don't know how I missed this, is Batman: The Dark Prince Charming Book One. So that's going to be a two part graphic novel. Okay, yes, graphic novel. So they're twelve ninety nine a piece. The first one comes out November 1st. The second one will be spring of 2018. And this is written and illustrated by Enrico Marini. Um, for European fans, you might know the name. American fans, you may not have heard of the guy. It's the first thing he's done here in the U.S. But uh, if you find some images of this thing, it looks freaking amazing. I know I just got Paul to read uh, Black Sad. In some ways, it reminds me of the art in that, but of course, a lot more dynamic because this is Batman, and uh, I just love it. The, the the images look amazing. There's a trailer for the book, which looks very cool. Catwoman's in there; she looks freaking fantastic, um, and it's uh, like a team-up book between Batman and the Joker as they try to go into the underworld to rescue a girl. So I don't know what that means. The the plot synopsis is pretty bare. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of information that I can find on this book. But just by the looks of it, it's, I think it might be worth getting just based on the art. It's like a, a painted, dark, gritty, muddy art style. I just love it. It's, it's freaking awesome. Anyway, so those are three things that are coming out. I think, I think it's very interesting to see. These aren't necessarily Elseworld stories, although they appear outside of continuity. And I love Elseworlds books. Like, that's that's my jam. Elseworlds is my jam. You can quote me on that. When I die, put that on my gravestone. Uh, Elseworlds is one of the best things ever done. And I don't know why they quit doing them. My assumption is maybe they weren't selling because of the way that the market was doing. Uh, and I'm glad that these type of stories are coming back. Um, I w- we'll actually be doing some Elseworlds on this podcast. Matter of fact, one of the recordings I did with Paul for this show will be an Elseworlds story. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. Anyways, that's enough of Batman news e stuff, I guess, newsy stuff. We don't do news here. But uh, I'm curious to know what you think. So let me know about these three books. I know some of my friends are really, really excited about the uh, the Sean Murphy one. Um, they should be really excited about the Kurt Busiek one. But anyways... Let me know what you think, and if you're going to be getting these, uh, it's at Geekvine on Twitter, and uh, email address, I have a new one, 
You no longer need to send it to the general email address. You can now email iamgotham at nerdylegion.com. I'm finally putting uh, show emails for everybody together. So uh, send me an email, contact me on Twitter, let me know. I think uh, we might be getting on to the books now, but first, small announcement. I'm changing the podcast just a little bit. In the past, I've pre-recorded some of these, and then I get like emails or comments, and there's stuff that I want to tweak, but I don't want to re-record it. So from now on, uh, today I'm actually on vacation. I'm on vacation this week. So I'm recording uh, about five episodes of this show tonight, and maybe a couple uh, in the rest of the, uh, the week. That way I have content for you coming out twice a week, every week. I'm hoping for like the next two months I have it covered. That way I can just continue doing my reading and doing other stuff and not fall behind. And all I will do before I release the episode is record the intro. That way there's still some freshness content at the beginning. And uh, I can still answer questions and whatever as they come up. The next episode I'm very excited about. So Jay Loving and I... Uh, he is doing the Best of the Rest podcast on the network where they review indie comics. He and I got together uh, last week or the week before. It might have been two weeks ago. We're going to be doing a series on Batman the Animated Series. So we discussed the first episode that will be coming out this week. And I believe today we're recording another episode or so, maybe two, uh, so we can keep those coming out. If you've never watched the Batman Animated Series, it is fan-freaking-tastic. One of the best Batman things ever done. Quit listening to this podcast and uh, go watch that and then come back because you got to finish the episode. But uh, yeah, that, that should be coming out in a couple of days as well. You know what? It's time. It's time. It's time. Time to talk about some Batman. So today we will be discussing, uh, let's see, we're doing Detective Comics number 47 and Detective Comics number 48. Yes, I'm only doing two books this time. Uh, so as part of the formatting change, I want to have the uh, the book that I'm talking about in the episode title. So obviously it would be extremely long to do Detective Comics 47, Detective Comics 48, 49, 50. So I'm going to do uh, one or two books per episode. That way they're easier to record. I can actually make titles that make more sense. And uh, part of that is because I like search. Search is good. And there's a new search feature on the site, and I want people to find these as easily as possible. So uh, let's get on with the show. Detective Comics number 47. So Detective Comics number 47, this is January of 1941. And the subtitle of the story is Money Can't Buy Happiness. And this is one of those stories that I was talking about, I think it was an episode or two ago maybe, where a lot of these uh, stories in the 40s that are centered on Batman really deal with Batman solving cases for the rich elite of Gotham, and not so much about the everyday people sometimes. Uh, this is a perfect example. So in this book, we have Harvey Midas, who's a multimillionaire banker. He's actually Bruce Wayne's personal banker as well. And uh, he he's very much about his money. Very much about his money. And I guess maybe in order to achieve that much money, maybe you kind of have to be. But the problem, as we find out in this issue, is that money kind of is number one for Harvey Midas. And yes, there's no, like, it, this is not a shocker, right? This is based on King Midas from uh, mythology. Uh, that's why his name is Midas. Money is number one for him. And, you know, that might be okay because he can provide for his family. But, you know, there comes a, a level of money where maybe you don't need to worry about it as much. 
And Harvey Midas seems to be one of those guys. The problem is that he has two kids. He often disregards his children for work and making money. And I think, you know, even at any level, so I'm not a multimillionaire, not even close, but I think sometimes even I fall into this, and I'm sure anyone listening falls into this, where you feel like you have to be dedicated to your job, right? You want to provide. And in order to do that, maybe sometimes you don't put time aside to do the important things, regardless of any level of income that you're at. And uh, this really plays upon that very, very well. And yes, it's going to be like a, a cheesy ABC family moral thing. And, and that's fine. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind those kind of things at all. But it is wrapped in a Batman story, which makes it a little bit more interesting. Uh, for anyone listening, if you're a little bit older, maybe you remember in the 80s when we had like all the comics about uh, fighting forest fires or like the uh, D.A.R.E., you know, the I don't know what that stood for, but um, comics about superheroes fighting drug addictions. Because that was a big thing in the 80s and the 90s. You know, there was the AIDS epidemic. There was drugs starting to become rampant everywhere. Um, I think that's interesting. This is kind of one of those stories. So um, Harvey Midas is a kid named Roger. And as, as Bruce Wayne is talking to Harvey about his holdings, Roger comes in. He's like, hey, Dad, you want to go watch this football game with me? And Harvey's like, look, I'm, I'm busy working. I can't do that. And the kid kind of mumbles under his breath, like, blast the money. Because he, he doesn't care, right? Like, he wants to spend quality time with his dad and, and go enjoy himself. And Bruce sees all this, and he's he's kind of taken aback. He's like, I wonder, like, there's got to be something going on here with this Harvey guy. So, as Batman, he starts taking out the house. Uh, we also uh, meet Diane, and Diane is Harvey Midas' daughter. She is in love with this guy who works for, um, a, he's a newspaper clerk, I believe. And, of course, her mom doesn't want her to be with this guy, right? She's a rich socialite. She should be marrying a rich socialite. And uh, it's a little a little creepy, actually. I don't know how old Diane is, and I'm not sure, like, what the custom is for this particular event. But uh, apparently there was there's, like, a showing of, of this girl. Like, they present her to the public. So I'm assuming she's, like, between 16 and 18, where... It's like a coming out party for rich kids that are becoming adults. So my assumption is 16 to 18, uh, just because this is, you know, 80 years ago. Um, I, I doubt very much that she's any older than 18. And uh, at, at her coming out party, they announce that she's going to be marrying a European count. That's kind of creepy, you know. But I guess that's one of those things that rich people have always done, marrying their kids off for... Uh, power or wealth or whatever, just to just, just just to have a name. And the funny thing is, this this European count is broke. He has no money, and that's one of the reasons he's marrying this girl. Is so he's got a name, right? So that that's good for the Midas family because they're marrying their kid off to a count. But he's broke. He has no money, and I just find that fascinating. Like the way that people kind of allowed these kind of things to affect social norms and, and their family habits. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, and, and I'm sure this, a lot of this still happens, right? N not as rampantly as it used to, but a lot of it still happens. So anyways, of course, you know, she's not very happy that she has to marry this count. Uh, Roger, the kid, he, he just kind of, he seeks his dad's approval. His dad won't go to the football game with him. What does he do? He starts hanging out with gangsters. Because 
Why not? So he hangs out with these gangsters. He's he's running around town. Um, he drives the vehicle. I'm assuming the getaway vehicle. And uh, as they're driving to the city, he runs over a newspaper boy. And Batman sees all this. Luckily, Batman's able to uh, get the kid to safety. And he goes to the Midas house. And as he gets there, Roger's telling his dad about, hey, like, we ran over this kid. These mobsters that I hang out with, they want a payoff. They want five grand to uh, keep silent. Because, you know, if the mobsters go to the newspaper, then the Midas family's going to be ruined. Because everyone's going to know that their kid's a murderer. Luckily, Batman and Robin are there, and Batman tries to tell Midas, look, you don't want to give these guys money. That's not what you want, because they're always going to continue asking you for money. All right? Blackmail is going to be just a vicious cycle. When that happens, the Count comes in. Um, Batman doesn't like the Count, because he knows that, uh, that he is really after the Midas' money. How does he know that? Because he's got Robin watching the other side of the house, and Robin finds out and tells Batman. Apparently, there's going to be a plot. So here's the plots. First off, we have Roger, who's in deep, deep doo-doo with the, the mobsters. He's getting blackmailed. That's a problem. On the other side, we have uh, Diane and the Count. That's a big problem, because as it turns out, this is not the first time the Count's been married. He was married before, and he did the same thing to his first wife that he plans on doing with Diane. He's going to pay off some gangsters to come in the house, rob the house, steal the jewels, steal some money, and, quite possibly, kill Diane. Batman can't have that. There's two things going on at once. Luckily, it happens pretty close together in time. So the uh, the, the guys are going to come in and kill Diane. They're going to come in at about 8 o'clock, so the Count's going to leave the door open for him. And the guys that are going to be blackmailing Midas are going to be coming at 10 o'clock. Of course, hilarity ensues. Batman and Robin punch a bunch of guys... Uh, they don't kill anybody. I think they're done with the killing for now. And I think what I need to do maybe is find a kill count. There's got to be a kill count somewhere. If not, I'll go ahead and count it. But uh, there's no killing. Although, Roger does get shot by one of the gangsters. Luckily, Batman and Robin go after the guy. He ends up crashing against a, a power pole. They grab him. But, of course, Roger is dying because he was shot by one of these guys. Batman and Robin take him to a doctor who apparently works all hours of the night. And Midas says, look, you've got to save him. I'll pay you whatever you want. And the doctor's like, look, this is beyond my control. He got shot. I did what I could. Now it's up to a higher power. And that's interesting because that's when Midas finally realizes it's not about the money. It's about spending quality time with your family. And the money should be secondary. And yes, you can buy nice things with it, but it's not going to buy you the love of your family. Why it took him so many, like, crazy things to realize that, I don't know. I mean, his kids got shot, his daughter's going to get murdered. Like, come on, Midas, get with the program. Fortunately, the doctor is able to save uh, Roger. Midas is super happy that this happens. He, he starts crying. And then we cut to a month later, a trial. As you remember, Roger had run over that newspaper boy. And... Uh, he ended up confessing after he, the doctor saved him. So they went to trial, and lucky for him, the newspaper boy's parents wanted to drop all charges against Roger because Roger and his dad used their money to hire specialists to work on the kid. They were able to make him walk again. They gave him a college fund so he can go to college as he got older. They offered him a job so he didn't have to be a newspaper boy, right? So he can make more money. 
And I mean, you could say, yeah, they're using their money to get away with something. But really, like, it depends how you look at it. You don't need to be so negative. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, they're using the money to kind of sort of bail Roger out of going to prison. But at the same time, like, that's a good use for the money, right? They're, they're using it to better this one kid's lot in life. And yes, he got the short end of the stake because of Roger. But at the same time, if they were able to help the kid, why not help the kid? We cut back to the, uh, the Midas house. Roger is let go. He's freed. The judge says, you know what? You, you made your restitution. You learned your lesson. The case is dismissed. We cut back to Midas. He and Roger are going to go see a football game. And apparently, Roger is now able to follow his true passion, which is music. So he starts a band, Roger Midas and his Melodiers, because uh, he's a fantastic trumpeteer. Is that the word, trumpeteer? He plays the trumpet. And uh, then we cut to Mrs. Midas, who's hanging out with Diane, and she's going to be taking Diane to go on a date with uh, Johnny Brown, who is the kid that Diane is in love with. We cut back to the Wayne Manor, and we get to see Batman and Robin talk. Robin says, Looks like Mrs. Midas has forgotten her social prejudices, huh? Bruce Wayne. Yes, and Mr. Midas has decided to take a little time off from business and become a real pal to his son. Other parents can take a tip from the case. It's well worth thinking about. So there's the moral of the story. Yes, work's important, but you know what? Take some personal time to be with your family. And that's something that I've had to deal with over the years. It's something I still struggle with because my job does require very long hours. But think about that. Family's important. Always take time out for your family. So next up, we have Detective Comics number 48. This is going to be February of 1941, and this is The Secret Cavern. And this is going to be a real quick one. It's kind of a, a short one and done. As it turns out, uh, we find uh, Mr. Lewis, who is supposedly the keeper of Fort Stocks, which I'm assuming is a play on Fort Knox. Because, as they mentioned in the story, it's a place with a ton of gold. And somehow he's exploring the area around Fort Stocks, and he finds a giant cavern underneath Fort Stocks. How convenient. You know this is a setup for a crime. So, he finds this cavern, he goes out drinking, whatever, he's talking to some guys, and he's like, Hey, look, I found this awesome cavern, like, whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of stupid. Like, I don't care about a cavern. He's like, but it's underneath Fort Stocks. And the guys are like, oh, my God. Like, if we can get into, if we find this cavern, then we can get all the gold out of Fort Stocks. Now, let's think about this for a second. The guys want to know where the cavern is because they can steal the gold from Fort Stocks. Hey, guys, let me give you a hint. I'll tell you where the cavern is. Go to Fort Stocks, look around, guarantee you'll find the cavern. Anyways, this has to be a setup for a story, so I'll forgive it. Uh, we cut to Mr. Lewis's daughter, who is, I believe, an actress. And uh, as she's getting ready to go and perform, one of the guys that she works with kind of tricks her, and she gets afraid. Like, he, she feels like he's going to attack her. Um, she's very disturbed. She grabs a gun out of her uh, drawer where she's getting ready, shoots the guy, supposedly kills him. Luckily, she doesn't actually kill him. This was a setup by these guys that her dad was talking to. And the guy was in on it. And there was no bullets in the gun. There were blanks. So they're setting her up to blackmail her for murder. So 
they're like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna protect you. Like, we'll we'll get rid of the crime scene. You don't need to worry about it. Go to your dad's cabin in the woods. Um, I bet we'll tell him that you're there. We'll get all this figured out, and then you can come back. She goes to the the cabin. We see that the guy wasn't actually killed. That he's part of the plan. Uh, she goes to the cabin. Her dad's there. He's been kidnapped, and they're gonna use this uh, the the blackmail on his daughter for the murder to have him reveal the location of the cavern. Again, guys, go to Fort Stocks, look around, you'll find it. Luckily for them, Batman and Robin swoop in. They're, they've been following Mrs. Lewis because apparently Bruce Wayne was going to meet with Linda. I'm assuming they were going to go on a date because he is a playboy. But it's the only time we see her, so, you know, who knows? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's just a nightcap, you know what I mean? One night thing. Anyways, Batman and Robin find the guys. They, uh, they fight these gangsters off. They free Mr. Lewis, who is super pissed that this whole thing has happened. He knocks these guys out. They uh, they let the folks at Fort Stocks know about the cavern. And they're very grateful that Batman and Robin saved the day. And say, hey, we're going to tell the president. Wait till the president hears of this and gives you both a suitable award. Batman says, that's not necessary. Being Americans is enough of an award. I salute to great Americans. And then we see the Batplane going off in the distance in front of the moon super short story I, I i dug it it was fun like aside from the premise being a little wacky you know what i can get over that but uh i like the story and uh yeah check it out if you want it's probably one of those stories you can k- skip if uh if you don't feel like you you need to read only the the super important batman stuff there's some cool shots of the batmobile here the batmobile is still a red supercar that will change uh, in the next episode. Well, not the next one. In two episodes, I'll be talking about uh, Batman number five. And that has the first appearance of this super awesome Batmobile. Which actually looks like the Batmobile that we come to know and love. So I hope you dug that story. I hope you dug this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Geekvine. Again, the email is Gotham at nerdylegion.com. And check out all the other fantastic shows on the network. Um, that's going to be it. We'll be back in a couple of days. Have a good night.